Welcome to Under the Bleachers. This is a podcast that explores all things sports, all things queer, and the fabulous intersection where queer and sports meet. This podcast is brought to you by Team DC, the nonprofit association of LGBTQ sports and recreation organizations in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm Laura. I'm on the board of Team DC. I've played and loved sports my entire life, and I've played with the DC Furies and Rogue Darts. And I'm Gabe. I'm also on the board of Team DC and I'm a diehard sports fan. I've played with many of the Team DC sports member leagues, including the DC GFFL, Stonewall Kickball, Rogue Darts, Kara Bowling, and recently the Washington Scandals Rugby Football Club. And I also do a little drag on the side. We hope you enjoy this week's trip under the bleachers. Hey everyone, it's Laura. Today is March 1st and we're here with another off-season episode. Uh, Today we are going to revisit our season one interview with Thurman Williams. We had a really great interview with Thurman, so if you missed it, now's your chance. Also, I just wanted to remind everyone that Under the Bleachers is coming back. Our season two premiere episode will drop on March 29th, just in time for March Madness. Mark your calendars because you won't want to miss it. And on March 22nd, we will be posting a special Ask Me Anything Q&A with your hosts. We are going to make each other answer our listener questions, so please ask us anything. Email us your questions about queer things, sport things, DC things, us, or anything else you might want to. The podcast at teamdc.org by March 15th. Also, Team DC is partnering with the fabulous ladies of the Miss Adams Morgan pageant for a March Madness fundraiser event on March 27th at 7 p.m. This is going to be a virtual event hosted online with drag performances and more. So go to the Team DC Facebook page or the DuPont Social Club Facebook page for more information, and we'll share more information when we have it. Hope to see you all there on March 27th. Okay, here's our episode with Thurman. Enjoy. Welcome back to Under the Bleachers. Today we have Thurman Williams. Uh, Thurman is currently the commissioner of the National Gay Flag Football League, and was elected to the position in 2017. Previously, he was appointed to the National Board in 2010 and served in 2013. In 2004, Thurman served as a chair of the Gay Bull 4 in Atlanta and was elected to the NGFFL Hall of Fame in 2011. So, hey, Thurman, how are you doing this evening? I am fantastic. Thank you. Uh, So, first off, how did you get involved playing flag football? So, I'll, I'll take you back to 2004 and... My partner at the time, who knew I was an avid football fan, showed me a flyer that says there was a gay flag football league that was starting and there was a meetup in the park. I went uh, with a couple of friends and the next thing you know, we were in San Diego at the, uh, I forget what, surf and turf I want to say. And uh, we were, uh, next thing I know, we were back in Atlanta, planning to form a league and to host a gay ball. What, uh, what year was the first gay ball? Do you know? 2002. Okay, so there was a gay ball around when you got started, just not a team in Atlanta ready to play it. That is correct. So you had, I think there were about four teams. It was LA, I want to say Boston, uh, maybe New York. I should know my history. 
but uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was Chicago. So a very, very small group. Um, there were four teams, basically, and they played twice. I think a couple of years they played two years. So, you know, the official Gabo, uh, you know, Atlanta was one of those that uh, really sort of took it. I want to take credit. We took it to the next level. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was sort of in its infancy, and today it's something magical. Awesome. So tell us, tell me about the Gay Bowl today. How many teams play in the Gay Bowl nowadays? Um, so the tournament today uh, has changed over the years. So what was originally in Atlanta, I always use it as a comparison. I'll go back to 2004, we were hosting, there were eight teams, right? And if you go today, if you fast forward till today, we have over 50 teams, right? We have an A, a B, a C division, and we have a women's plus division. And so uh, in the original days, there was just an open division. There was an ABC. And so it's grown enormously since uh, 2002. So that in itself is really a proud accomplishment of, of the folks today, but also the folks from the past. Awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think, think back to like my Gable games or days, because I played in two. I did Houston and uh, Denver. I remember Houston was insane because we were like a tiny little uh, team from San Antonio that was going to our first kind of major tournament. So uh, but yeah. 2011, 2011. Yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing to see how amazing and how big Gable has turned out over the years. Yeah. Um, so it was your first time. So that, that, is, that is the experience, right, that is very meaningful to us. So we, we put a lot of time and energy into that first experience because it represents an opportunity not for um, – the NGFFL, but it represents an opportunity for the league itself because you go back, you're motivated, excited, you want to keep playing, then you tell two friends who tell two friends, and the next thing you know, um, you're adding value to the league and sort of you're building upon the mission of that safe place we want people to come, no matter your skill set or talents, but to feel warm and welcome and part of the community. Yeah, I mean, I still have friends in, from Canada, friends in New York, friends in LA, people that I met in Houston playing my first gay game or get my first gay bowl, um, which is still, it's kind of awesome to still have those connections. Absolutely. It is uh, what's magical about it. And I always talk about this experience with, with the LGBTQ plus community and sports in general. Uh, it becomes that place where security exists. It's that place where you are sort of, there's this notion of well-being. There's this notion of I have a safe place. So think about it in terms of myself, who was in Atlanta for so many years, moved to DC. Instantly, I had family, friends, a place to go, right? When so many times when you sort of transition from one city to the next, you feel alone if you're not traveling with your partner, your spouse, your husband, your wife. And, and you're just like trying to navigate that new city. And the great thing about our community is no matter where I go, in most cases, there's a flag football community. And as soon as I hit D.C., that was the first thing I did. I had friends from the prior Gables, so I felt at home. And I think that's, that's what's magical to me about it. How long have women been participating in the NGFFL? 2010. So okay. love to Katrina from Denver, who was passionate. Uh, when we first went to, I went, actually, it might be 2011. I get a so pardon my years of uh, confusion, but when we went to Denver for the Gay Bowl, 
Denver, who has always been a co-ed lead, really pushed the board to say, this is the time to include women. And, and at the time, there was a lot of debate because we weren't quite sure how to do that, right? So how do you orchestrate and coordinate a tournament that has predominantly been male and now incorporate women? And there was really only one league that had women players. And so uh, we, we found a way to do it. And so Molly Lenore, Molly Lehman, Katrina helped sort of, sort of forge the way for us to include women. And, and thank goodness today we have, and we made uh, under my leadership, a permanent position for women on the board. And we also have taken um, the opportunity through Leslie Goldstein, who leads our women's uh, liaison. She has taken it and really uh, put an emphasis on how do we include, how do we drive engagement and participation and last year in New York, we saw the largest uh, group of women uh, players, women plus division that we've had. So year over year, we continue to see growth. So we're very, very excited about what that means. And our first head female ref. So we've been really, thanks to DC as well for their efforts to say, you guys need to step it up. Uh, there are things that we think could be improved. And so we, we took a lot of that to heart. And Leslie has been critical to driving our success with women's engagement. Now, how important, how important is it for you to have an LGBTQ plus league, football league? Oh, I mean, I, I think it's enormously important, right? Um, uh, I, I sort of tried to hit on it earlier when I talked about it's important for one's well-being, their spirit, and their safety, right? So well-being for many, if you're looking for a purpose, a place to fit in, or to be around folks like yourself with similar interests, that's healthy. Um, it, it's good for the spirit, right? Because sometimes like, life, as I said, invokes changes and you find yourself moving from a city or you're divorced. I've done both, right? Uh, and so your spirit needs a jolt. You need a jolt and it's a great opportunity for the community to step up and it's a great place to go. And then I said, uh, lastly, as you think about your own sort of, uh, your own self, whether you're questioning yourself, where you fit in, you know, some may be even at suicide, right? At, the, at this notion of I'm at a place where I'm depressed and, and suicide is an option. This, and I've heard the stories, the LGBTQ plus community has been fantastic, especially around sports to give people a place to feel safe. And I've, I've heard the stories, I've been on the sidelines where people have told me, this has changed my life. This got me off the couch. It took me out of depression. I was thinking about suicide. So when I hear those stories, it is about the football, but man, the impact from, from those stories, I'm all in, all in. So it's, it's, it's very important. I think uh, we should play a role in, in, in really talking about it. That's why I say compete, connect, unite, right? If you want to compete, fantastic. If you want to connect and meet people and just get yourself off the couch and, and sort of experimenting uh, in places and spaces outside of the bar, this is a place. If you want to unite for a greater good and cause, we welcome that as well. So that's that's how important I really think it is. No, I totally agree. Um, I was just going to say, you know, when I, from when I first moved to D.C., that was one of the first things I did. I was coming from Texas, and I knew that D.C. had a league because they had just killed us in Gable, <laughs> you know, right before. Yeah, so I was just like, you know what? Yeah, and that's one of the first things I did was looked up, and there's a league, and yeah, I can – Vouch and say, hey, a lot of my friends that I still have today, I made through the football league. 
All right, so the NGFFL was the subject of a documentary in 2015 and also um, an NFL film short in 2019. So how did that media coverage um, affect the league? Well, I, I, would, I would say I'd, I'd say the three C's. I'm always in groups of threes, if you notice. Confidence, credibility, and courage. So think about confidence in the sense that we, we heard and achieved uh, something that we put our minds to. We really felt that one of our, our sort of goals or vision was to, to really find credibility in a sponsorship. And we felt that the NFL was an ideal sort of partner for us, given their shift in values toward the LGBTQ plus community. So we, want, we wanted to shoot for the stars, right? Our moonshot was we want an NFL partnership. So that was the first thing. There's confidence. So there's confidence in the sense that uh, we honestly believe that we could do anything we want. There's credibility in the sense that the league was now recognized by one of the, the largest sports organizations in the world, right? America's sport. And so uh, the, the idea that we would gain their level of trust and a partnership with them meant everything. So it gave us credibility. So now we have that credibility uh, to now take that role and purpose and mission of the NGFL uh, to, to other sponsors and partners that think there's a value connection. And then it's courage, right? It's, it's the courage to continue to tell our story about uh, the uniqueness of the LGBTQ plus community, uh, players, and this myth around gay athletes and sports. So all those things are, are really important. So it, it's, it's had, it will have a lasting effect. Um, our hope is that this will continue uh, to be an annual sponsorship, and we feel very confident that it will be. And this will also allow us to bring in additional sponsors um, so that would be my response, right? Confidence, courage, and credibility. Yeah, well, it's a heck of a platform for sure. <laughs> hey, it's all about, you know, and one of the things that we really put an emphasis on was giving back. And I've always said, I, I believe that the prosperity of the league will, will be equivalent to the level of give back that we provide. So I don't think you can ever prosper if you're not giving back. And so that's been one of the platforms for me. It's, it's the reason as commissioner, I, uh, I took the commissioner's cup, which my predecessor before me used to sort of honor the athletes. And I, I made that about giving back. So every year I write a personal check. It's not the league's check. It's a personal check. And, and it, it's to the, the league that I say gives back more than they take. And so that is everything to me. And I, I feel like if we're not giving back, then – um, there's no way we can continue to grow. There's no way sponsors will come on board. There's no way that we can uh, serve the, the community in which we are honored to be a part of. For yourself then, are there any um, sort of personal skills or traits that you see in yourself that you think developed um, for you through playing sports or, or being on a team? Yeah, I mean, it, it's collaboration, right? You, you have to be able to collaborate, especially in D.C., right? You have a a captain and a quarterback. I mean, you got to get along, you know, <laughs> I, have, I have stories. And then, <laughs> and then, and then you need teamwork, right? You need to be able to I always say teamwork makes the dream work. So you need to be able to sort of motivate um, and, and, and be a leader in the sense that you sort of move people toward teamwork. You need perseverance, right? Uh, you're in the game. You know, if you're on Jeremy's team, you probably are winning. If you're, 
not on Jeremy's team. And I'm just giving Jeremy some love because he loves to be talked about. Uh, <laughs> if you're losing, right, you know, I could name a few people, but I won't. I won't do that. So you, you need a little perseverance. You need to be able to push through. And so um, I, I think those are just a few that uh, I sort of bring to life. Cool. Do you have any advice for anyone who is thinking about starting uh, up playing flag football? Yeah, I mean, if I, I would just say, listen, learn, right? Have fun, and, and, and all that you do is you think about competing, you know. Some will take it seriously, so just understand that everyone's in a different place when they show up, right? Some are there to compete. You're going to hear me say this. Some are there to connect. Some are there to unite. And so just understand that everybody has a different purpose and, and, and mission and vision for why they are um, a part of the league. And I would just say enjoy it. I would say find a way to, you know, connect with people who are unique and different to yourself. Find a way to be part of the league and, and, and unite and be part of the community. So even if you're not playing that season, get your tail out there and go be part of some of the community service work that's been done. I did it. You know, I didn't play a season, but I knew it was important. Hotchkiss was saying, we got to get out there. We go. Right. So uh, just be part of it because no matter if you're playing, you're just going to a social event, hell go help plan the social events and then show up, please. Uh, <laughs> those are the things that are important because it matters and you never know who, who you're impacting. So just uh, allow yourself to experience the full experience of being part of, of the league in the city and the community. Good advice. Um, Thurman, it was so nice to talk to you and I'm, I'm glad I got to meet you uh, virtually at least. Um, <laughs> really grateful for you taking some time out of your day. Before we let you go, can you just tell us um, if anybody listening wants to get involved with NGFLL or learn more about you, where should they go? They can go to NGFFL.com. Uh, you can also find us on the social handles. So we are present and available. But I would say at the end of the day, go to the website. You'll see a list of our cities that will take you to their respective uh, websites. You will be able to reach out. You'll find contact information. But it, uh, we're there available. Browse about. We're about to make some really big changes. So that's coming soon. Just a teaser. <laughs> then, um, you know, hey, find a league, go watch if you don't want to do anything right away and just observe, but uh, reach out uh, to a city and league near you. Great. All right. Well, thanks again. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It's, it's an honor and especially uh, as part of the DC family. So it, mean, it means a lot. So and Gabe was one of my teammates. So you know, special, special place <laughs> in my hearts, go Smurfs. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you for, for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Under the Bleachers. Under the Bleachers is proudly produced by and a product of Team DC. For more information about Team DC, please visit www.teamdc.org. We want to give credit to Ralph Elston, a Team DC board member, for the design of our logo. Also, our intro and outro music is provided by DC's Different Drummers Marching Band and was composed by Travis Gettinger. 
You can always find Under the Bleachers at underthebleachers.podbean.com. And our podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and share us with a friend so that we can all keep meeting Under the Bleachers. Under the Bleachers is hosted by Team DC Vice President Laura Freyer and Team DC Board Member for Fundraising Gabriel Hernandez. All views and opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts and the participants on Under the Bleachers and do not express the views of Team DC. 